inspire. Welcome back to Start It Now. I'm your host, Jeff Saris. This is the show where I talk to entrepreneurs and creatives of all types to reveal the unexpected paths to where they are today. Today, my guest is Joel Reed. Joel is a uh, visual designer, a brand guy. He has his own business, but he's also uh, jumped into Web3 with uh, Clubby Bears as his project to sort of blend the two worlds, Web2 and Web3 together under one umbrella. We start this conversation actually talking about becoming a better person. And this is something that we haven't, like on this show, we being me and the guests, we haven't really touched on like this. And I, I'm really excited to share it with you because his insight into improving who he is to better help others, his his close family and people around him, it's it's really great. Like I'm, I love that we dove into that and I it makes me want to do more. But do more sort of around that topic. But without further ado, my conversation with Joel Reed. Just sort of briefly, how would you encapsulate who you are right now? Like who who Joel is? And it's okay right that we now. use your name, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Totally yeah. So. yeah, I tell people all the time, I'm like, yeah, you, if you, it takes like, I think I'm one layer undoxed for certain people. So it's like, it's uh-huh. whatever. And, okay. and, you know, I'm a professional visual designer. So it's, you know, my moniker outside of Web3 is Joel the Reed. And so that's my name, you know, uh-huh. but a lot of people in the gaming and now web three world know me as Norm the unicorn. So it's, it's, it's whatever, gotcha. um, <clears throat> who I am right now. Um, right now I would say, and I don't know if you know much about Enneagram or anything like that. So I'm, I'm big on the Enneagram personality, stuff like that. So I, I am a four through and through. So I'll, I'm, my answers are going to be <laughs> tiered that way. But um, could you explain right now, that a little bit? What do you mean? Um, so the Enneagram and sort of what that means. Yeah, yeah. So the Enneagram is a personality type, kind of like if you've heard of like Myers-Briggs or uh, anything like that. And so it's and um, the Enneagram it has nine types versus thus the name Ennea, meaning nine gram, Enneagram. And you have nine types. They're broken into three different um, sections um one let's see eight nines ones are the gut uh feeling um anger triad the uh two threes fours are the heart like emotional triad uh, which would be i think the um let's see it's anger uh shame and then five six seven are the head intellectual head thinking um anxiety thing and so like it sounds negative, but that's how they kind of pinpoint it because everyone, everyone for whatever reason kind of knows like what you go to when you're like triggered or whatever. So it's like when you explain it that way, they're like, oh yeah, okay. And so for being in the, in kind of the heart, you know, romantic, emotional artist type of thing. And so, but I preface that by saying like who I am right now, I'm probably the happiest I've ever been, the healthiest I've ever been like mentally, emotionally, and um and just doing doing something that i love right now you know family's great life is great work is great you know just just at a place in my life where it's i'm closer to 40 than i've ever been just turned 39 (laughs) (laughs) and so it's like one of those things where you get to a place in life where you've done a lot of work and therapy and and you think wow i really like i really like being here i really like who i am so i know that's like really vague but 
like who I am now is probably just one word, just happy, just really happy. So that's awesome. When would you say is the point where you could say that? Oh, so my big like um, mental, emotional, like health journey probably started when I was around probably around 10 years ago, when I was around 28. And right before I, you know, was going to turn 30 and uh, we were, um, you know, uh, my wife was pregnant with our first child and just started thinking of like, you know, things happen throughout your life that causes that cause these like convergent moments. And you think maybe I should like grow up a little bit or maybe I should, you know, (laughs) and so and so it started then. And um, so I probably didn't get to this kind of truthfully this space that i'm in now two years ago maybe so it was it was a good journey good journey good long journey of like working through things sitting in front of a therapist going all right i've done everything i could internally let's let's get some external help to like kind of pick apart things and help me and so Uh yeah yeah it's good good 10-year journey and probably probably it's been, been about two years that i've felt like um really which again, is, is really awesome to be able to say, yeah, I feel like, I feel like I've always wanted to feel if that makes sense. Uh You know, you have these like internal things where you're like, man, I think that I would like to be this way or, you know, or at least be, um, uh, what's the, uh, perceived this way. Right. Uh And, and so like being at that place, I think, oh yeah. And so I'm probably more confident than ever. And, you know, things like that, just because, when you're settled in yourself, it's easy to, to kind of live genuinely. Right. Mm-hmm. Because insecurities like really can be sniffed out really quickly. Right. So people try to project, you know, I always say, and I think it sounds confusing, but hopefully it makes sense, but I always say insecurities have to be proven. And so people are always trying to prove their insecurities and by, by conveying the opposite. Right. So like if they're insecure about something, they're trying to be, they usually try to portray demonstratively the opposite of that. And so, and so I tell my son, he's like, why do they do that? Or why is this? I'm like, remember insecurities have to be proven. So they probably feel this way. So give them a little bit of grace or give them a little bit of empathy because internally they're probably experiencing this. So they express the opposite. So yeah, so that's, that's a long winded question or answer, but yeah. No, that's perfect. So, so you are to the point of happy you have that feeling what i guess what was that sort of spark within to dive deeper like what was the what was the feeling maybe that you were uh that you were noting uh back like when i was 28 yeah sort of of what started you on the journey because it like it sounds like it's such an um impactful journey for you so i sort of if you're if you're okay with that i'd love to unpack just a little bit about it after you talk about anything um so i could tell i could tell you exactly the moment i was so I, I'm a natural creative, meaning I, I am right brain, like totally right brain. So I've always been that way ever since I was a kid, just creative. And so for whatever reason, and I don't know, and I know I have a lot of creative friends who are not everybody's creative, but hopefully you know what I mean by like right brain creative. So I have a lot of friends with this way. And it seems to be, um, I was laughing because somebody said this the other day, but it seems to be the standard of, for whatever reason, by any time between after 1130 or 1230, your brain kicks back up and it's just like it just runs back up and you just start solving problems and creating things, stuff like that. So, and we're talking at night, right? 
Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. At night, at night, you know, because you're like you're working and you're creative during the day, and then like it slows down and you get into bed. And if you don't go to bed before eleven thirty, your brain will kick right back up. You know, <laughs> I've I've created some of the best stuff between the hours of eleven thirty and two thirty. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I can't do that anymore. But I used to do that when I was younger. Two thirty used to be my like average bedtime. But um, but I was laying in bed one night. My wife was pregnant and I started learning about different, um, I can tell you who it was. It was, I don't know if you ever heard of Brene Brown. Um, she has a, amazing Ted talks, but she, I learned this, she has this term called shame resilience. So I thought it was very interesting. So I started listening to her Ted talks, grabbed a couple of her books, was reading through it and, um, started kicking around these concepts and understanding this idea that, when you have children, and this is kind of a terrifying thought, but when you have children, you give them what you have, good, bad, or indifferent, whether you like it or not. And so you get, like, they get what you give them. And so it's like, you get, they get the intentional and they get the unintentional. And I remember laying in bed one night and I had this, like, I don't know if it was like, it was like a half dream or, you know, like this, like creative vision or whatever. But I was sitting, I was in this like coffee shop, sitting across the table from my, at the time, 18 year old son, who wasn't even born yet at the time, <laughs> but he's 18 his vision and he's, and he's crying and he is expressing how hard it's been to deal with the things that he got from me. And it like, I mean, I got broke out into cold sweats and I was like, oh my gosh, like I, d- I don't want this, whatever this was to be true. And so I'll do whatever work I need to, to, you know, and you're not perfect. And you also don't want to do the thing where it's like, I learned and I I had like a sociology minor and studied um, addictions and things like that. And you don't want to do the thing where when people have parents who are addicted to substances, they make this promise to themselves that I'll never be like that. And then they ultimately become that. Right. So I didn't want to do that either. And so it's like, I need help to someone outside to help guide so I can make decisions. And, um, so that, that kind of sparked the journey of this, like, kind of like really, cause like, again, the way I'm wired, I'm very driven and I'm very driven towards perfection, even though perfection doesn't exist. And so I'm always tinkering, always tweaking, always, you know, things like that. Probably probably what makes me a great visual designer because I'm always looking at something going, eh, I could be better. <laughs> and so <laughs> and so I already I have I already had that anyway. And so when that happened or when I had that experience, I thought, man, I I'll I'm willing to do whatever it takes so that when my son is 18, the things that I'd given him, or at least I learned, and this is what really was freeing. I learned how to, if ever I make a mistake, to go and apologize or clean up the mess or whatever, because I'm not going to be perfect, right? But it does matter if I do something that hurts his feelings or I do something incorrectly or I don't manage my emotions well in the moment to go to him and, and be able to say, hey, I didn't do this well. This is not what I intended. Will you forgive me? things like that. Cause really good relationships are by and large, just you getting really good at apologizing pretty much. <laughs> so like the, the, your best relationships are two people who just really are good at saying, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's that communication. It's open, genuine exactly. communication, not just sort of let's pretend for a little bit, you know, it's like, no, no, no. 
this happened. We're going to talk about it kind of thing. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. So that's what kind of sparked it. And so I just, I did whatever I could with the means that I had, which was thankfully we're blessed enough that I could find, I found a really great therapist and, and did a lot of therapy through that and, and stuff like that. And I have a phenomenal wife. And so she's, she's always like, you know, she's a good sounding board or someone that I can talk to and talk through things with. And, you know, she's really good at, you know, she has a big bag of velvet bricks. And so she can, you know, she can say, Hey, this is, that wasn't awesome, but she's not going to like, you know, make me feel like a piece of crap either, you know? So it's, uh-huh. that, that helps. <laughs> I like velvet bricks. I actually haven't come across that before. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just, how would you sort of define that just a little bit? Like, like it hurts, but it's not going to harm you. Gotcha. Yeah. So I like yeah. that. Yeah, because it can almost maybe wake you up from whatever it is that you don't see, but it's exactly. not—it's not biting. It's not a—it's not a jab. It's just—it's this right. this uh, sharp, not sharp, uh, this strong sort of hit exactly. across the face for what it is. Yeah, just like, exactly. oh yeah, I did this kind of it's thing. It's like it didn't leave a mark, uh-huh. but you felt it hit you. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes perfect sense. So, were there tools then that you sort of had found? that were working for you? Was it specifically like the therapy, the the talking through with someone or the things that you've applied to your life that sort of have helped you get to where you are? Yeah, yeah. The, the biggest things are for me at least, and this is only me personally because mm-hmm. everyone's different, but for me personally, it was my internal dialogue, you know, because um, shame was a big thing that I, you know, not only developed as a child, but also carried into my adulthood. And so like, things would happen. Well, the thing with shame that's so bad is that it never tells the truth. And so, and the other thing with shame is that let's say, let's say I did like, let's say if I wasn't healthy and let's, let's go back to my younger years. Let's say if I made a mistake and it disappointed someone or, or it was made someone unhappy. And let's take something very simple. For example, let's say I spilled a drink, right? Everybody spills drinks. But if you're if you're riddled with shame, your internal dialogue, shame tells you you're you are are the mistake. You're the mess up. And and nobody that's worth their weight in gold or nobody that's worth anything spills drinks. So the fact that you spilled a drink, you must not be worth anything or you must not be as good as fill in the blank. And so as simple as something as spilling a drink, going to get paper towels and clean it up and going, whoops, my bad, would turn into this dark hole of I'm scum of the earth. Why, why do I even exist? Right. And so that's really hard to deal with. And I've, I've sat across from many people who, who kind of have that, they struggle with that. That's a real thing. And so what, what that journey and and did, but, and the other thing that's hard about that is that people around you, because we can't hear each other's internal dialogues or thoughts until they come out of our mouth. People around you, your friends, your family, things like that, they get really confused at why a simple accident sent you into a three day like hole, you know, Mm -hmm. and then the things that do come out of your mouth are I'm worthless. I'm not good enough. I'm not, you know, and people are like, bro, it's just a drink. Like, it's fine. Like, we'll clean it up It's you know, things like that. But when your demeanor changes and that like irradiates, like a rate, not irradiates, but radiates off of you, people are like what's like, what's going on? It's fine. You know, it's like everybody spills drinks. And so like, it was those type of things that a therapist was able to sit across from me and say, let's work on your internal dialogue. 
What do you tell yourself when a mistake happens? What do you tell yourself when something bad happens? What do you tell yourself when nothing bad happens, but you perceive it as wrong? Like all those things, right? And so like, those are the things that you learn to, and it, and it takes one day at a time, you take a tool, you know, it's, it's like the never ending, you know, <laughs> screw in a bolt or like bolt on a screw or something. It's like one day, turn it once, you know, it's like, then we'll come back the next day. We'll, we'll try it again, you know? <laughs> and so like, those are the things that really helped me. Uh, and then of course, like I love people like getting to know people like the way they work and things like that. And so it helps when I find people like Brene Brown, who've, who've come from experiences and have education and write books or podcast. I love podcasts and things like that. And so that's why this is like really fun for me. It's like, what, this is awesome. I love podcasts. And so it's things like that, that you learn that you then can carry on. And then when you, when you find the beautiful thing about it is that when you find something that's valuable like that, then you can transfer it. You can also give it away. And so one of the things that was noted, like I realized because also you like, once you're with something for a while, you forget what you've learned, right? You develop. And so it's like, it's like one time, this is a funny example, but like I said, I was explaining something to somebody, I was like, yeah, I took the 25 pound dumbbells and they were like, Ooh, flex. And I was like, flex, I was like <laughs> 25 pounds. But if you like, I grew up as a gym rat, like 25 pounds used to be heavy, but then it wasn't. And so me talking about it is, and, but then you're talking to people who are like, that's their like main, like workout weight, you know, it's like, and so they're like, Oh wow. 25 pounds. Well, why? And you're like, Oh, okay. I get it. And so in the same respect, when you're growing and living and going through your day to day, you learn something, you apply it and you start to work it into your life. After a few years, you forget that it was a revelation to you. Right. And so, and so one of the things I realized is, uh, we, um, we had this, uh, 25, 20 to 25 year old group coming to our house for a couple of years. And I started noticing these like things in them and so one night i asked them i was like hey like raise your hand if your parents taught you how to manage your emotions well nobody raised their hand awkward silence crickets and it's like oh and then that was a revelation for me for that because then i realized my parents didn't do that who's who's like there there's only like you have to be really um uh what's emotionally uh aware to transfer something like that to your children. Right. And so like, that was a revelation. I thought, well, now that I know it, like, and, and talk to my wife, it's like, let's be those parents, you know, let's be those parents who, who do that. And so those are some examples of like tools and things like that, that I learned. And I think that makes sense. Hopefully it does. Yeah. Oh yeah, it definitely does. And I mean, I love the place this is all coming from too. Like this is you helping people. This is making sure that you're giving your, child children the tools to to be the person you you want to be without right. without uh maybe putting them inside a certain box it's like exactly. i didn't have these tools i want to pass these on as best i can and that's exactly. yeah, that's so commendable i like that and it's really freeing too when you realize and a lot of people don't realize this surprisingly but when you realize you can't control people you'll never control people and so it's really freeing actually when you don't have an agenda but you have something of value and you can say, here, I have this, I'll give it to you, do whatever you want to with it, but at least, at least I'll give it to you. And if you lose it, I'll, I'll do, I'll give it to you again, you know, 
but like it's really freeing to to understand that people can't be controlled even though people try they can't yeah. and um and to be and just like you said here's this thing you you or your own person do whatever you want to with it but at least here it is you know uh-huh. so yeah i really like that so <clears throat> it's a it's a hard uh, a hard turn but i kind of want to go into your uh, your career then your business and what you do yes. both web3 and pre web3 um yes. so just to, to rewind a bit, you mentioned how you're doing, you've been doing design and visual design for a long mm-hmm. time. Um, yes. And I know you ended up um, more recently jumping out on your own. So what was, yes. what, what did it look like around that time, maybe three, four years ago or whenever, yeah. whenever you yeah. started to get that, that spark that, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to yes. take yes. this leap. Yeah. So I had been working at, um, it was actually a church, but I had been working as a visual designer for almost seven years at this place. And it, um, it was when I, when I talk about people with people in my field, the place that I worked was likened to a large agency, very fast paced, quick turnarounds, you know, things like that. So the really, the positive things that came out of that were, I learned how to work really fast, really well, crank out, you know, now again, I'm very quality driven. So like some of the stuff I let go as finished, I was like, mm, that's not really finished. Like we could do it better, but for timeframes, stuff like that. And so you learn a lot of positive things about working fast, working with a lot of different programs and skills, working with a lot of different people. So you learn, like, I know what it's like, like, even though I, I probably could hold a camera, uh, have held a camera, but I probably could hold a camera and things like that. I wouldn't consider myself for quality sake, a videographer or anything like that, but I know the type of work that goes into it. I know what it's like to film something for 10 minutes and then have to post for two days, you know, like stuff like that. And so um, those are positive. So I really enjoyed it. I love what I do. Like, it's one of those things like it's like I said, I've, I started learning how to do it in 07 and uh, professionally started it's muddy at this point. I think I, I just say 10 plus years, it could be longer. I don't remember at this mm-hmm. point, but like, um, and so I've done visual design for a long time, but I had been at this place for a long time, loved what I did, but it's one of those things where the, my direct report and my team that I'd been with for a long time, they all left. And so everything started to change. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes my wife sees the writing on the wall before I did, you know, because I'm very much a, nope, I'm driven, I'm resilient, elbow grease, let's get in there, you know, and uh, let, let's just hard work is something I'm not afraid of, right? And so I just, I, you know, I'm willing to just grind it out sometimes at my, at the health, at the expense of my health. And so I had been at it for so long, and I had had some experiences that weren't awesome. And my wife was like, maybe it's time to think about something else. And I was like, nah, like I'm going back in, like, I'm fine. It's going to be fun, you know? And I got to the end of that. Um, actually being at a church, like, I think, I think professional role does this too, but that it was called sabbatical. So like I'd been working there for so long, I was able to take a month off of work. Nice. And so during that month, by the time I was able to like rest and calm down and like, like my, my mind, like get away from working so much. I was like, you know what? 
my wife's always right, but it's like, you know what? You're right. And so <laughs> maybe, maybe I should. And so uh, at the end of 2020, I decided to leave and go out on my own, which was terrifying and wonderful all at the same time. But I had been doing it for so long. The thing that was wonderful and refer- going back to what I referred to earlier, I had such good health and confidence in myself that that and this was the time where I really started to like you asked like when was that maybe this was a transition time really started to like all that kind of formation that I had done started to like solidify and I really thought oh yeah I can do this and then you talk about a boost of confidence so I have a high standard for quality high 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 and I get into the professional world and my standard for quality is not what theirs is and I'm thinking wait you're gonna pay me what to do that (laughs) let's ride, let's, uh-huh. let's rock and roll, you know? <laughs> and so like, and then, you know, how it goes where it's like, you know, you do something amazing and people are like, holy crap, this is good. It's like, this is nothing. You should see what I can really do, you know? Mm-hmm. And so like, and that sounds, forgive the hubris of that, but it's true. And so, um, so two years ago, started out my own business and the first year, last year actually was the first full year, 2021. Yeah. And it was amazing. Met amazing people, made more money than I'd ever made in my life like just had an incredible time. And so it was just like super fun. And so year two, year two has been a little tougher because (laughs) I was laughing. I was, I've given more free work away than I ever have in my life this year. And then I got involved with web three project, which is eating up a lot of time. So that was risk. I understood the risk, but, but still loving it and things like that. So I don't know. Did I answer your question? Oh yeah. And I actually wanted to dive in then when you took that leap. So you ended up better off on the other side. But what were those first steps like? How did you find your uh, your first customers, clients, partners, however you looked at them? Yes. Yeah. Um truthfully, it's it's the it's as cheesy as it can be, but it's the old saying, it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. And so the I have a friend of mine and nobody knows who he is cuz he's not on social media but you've probably seen his work he's one of those people he's he's one of the best designers on the planet sweet amazing guy but his work is like bar none and so i had him as a friend he's one of my best friends had him as a as a connection and i have been in the area and in my field for so long and made connections throughout the years you know for the past i don't know what what's 15 years 07 golly so for the past 15 years, been able to make connections along the way. And the other thing is too, is that when you're kind, people remember you. And so, you know, at the beginning, my work was not that good, but I was a kind person. So people had, they, you know, it's like, what's the, what's the saying? It's like, um, people remember how they felt when they're around you or when they leave you, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, that was good for me because that's just naturally who I am, but it was good for me when I do something like this, step out on my own and i say hey i just started my own thing like let me know if you have come in contact with anyone who needs help and so that's basically what i did i just started basically shaking trees and just saying hey i started on my own here's my information here's my social here's my site things like that and have up until this point have um that's how i've gotten work so i got hooked up with a couple of agencies who, who are constantly feeding me work and like different friends and local businesses and things like that. And so that's, that was, and that was fun. That was fun for me. And uh-huh. so, yeah. 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 And I like to take that 
Um, it's not who you know, it's what you know, it's who you know and what you know is how I, I like to look at it because if you didn't have the talent, That's true. there's, there's that, that extra piece that it's like, well, we can't <laughs> send them the work, but we love them. Like, you know, so it's like, I always like to say that it's both. It's just this like synergy that goes together because it's so important. That's true. Yeah. It's very true. Like no matter how good you are, if no one knows who you are, you're not going to be able to sort of uh, have those connections and dive in. So yeah, it's, but that's awesome. Like, so basically all word of mouth, everything just going through the network that you've built up. You found mm-hmm. people who know you, like you and trust you. It's, right. it's it. That's exactly. like the, the trifecta exactly. of what you want and people, yeah. people like you. So that's, it's so valuable. And I think people can forget that it's not like a zero sum game. It's not, no. I win, you lose. No. It's how do we win? And then exactly. as soon as you're doing that, people leave feeling better, like you said. That's right. Like it's not That's necessarily, right. I think it's something along the lines of it's not with the words you say, but how you make someone feel. And That's true. yeah, it's just, it's so important and something, uh, yeah, worth sort of sticking a pin in for people. Like that's just such a valuable approach to right. how you do what you do. That's right. Yeah. 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 And that's, and so right now I'm kind of blessed with that. Like, I know I'm not supposed to say this as someone who's in the marketing world, but I can't stand social media. I can't Uh can't stand it. And so like, I'm good at helping you build your thing. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to do anything with mine. (laughs) So I completely relate to that because like our company is called Spire. We've been doing this for a long time. It's like brand and design and everything. And yeah, like I'll get the strategy down for, for you whoever you exactly. is but it's yeah. like up until web 3 i was just invisible like this podcast really so before yeah. web 3 it was 2020 okay. when i started started this show started talking entrepreneurs oh, wow. and then uh-huh. with um some of like i've done other shows and things with partners that we have sort of within our company to help mm-hmm. uh help them grow and things and so i'm a little more uh front facing but we were behind the scenes for 11 years i don't know like a long oh. time like never right. just because it wasn't Word of mouth. Word of mouth is everything. Right. So it's like we didn't right. need to be front front and it's center. True. But then you get to that point where you're like, oh, but it would be nice if we had something that was ours. Sort of like like sort of brought more broadly ours and not just yes. uh building yes. behind the scenes. So I totally yeah. relate to it. Web three, I've found more fun. Like in yes. like Twitter specifically. Yeah. Well true. I need to preface that. My version of Twitter, I know there is nasty Twitter. But I'm yeah, always like, if you're if you're putting that nastiness out there, if you're seeking it, if you're engaging with yeah, it, the algorithm, yeah. it it escalates that because the algorithm's yes. like, this is what you want. Yeah. I don't interact with any of that stuff. I don't right. see any of it. So people are like, right. oh, do you see all the drama about this? I'm like, no, I have no, no. idea what the bad it's stuff is. Great, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I can totally relate to on the social side of things. So yeah. how then? did you find yourself sort of not transitioning, but bolting on web three with, um, so your project now, if you want to sort of maybe talk about that just a little bit and that transition into launching your project. So, um, the thing that I saw, so I helped someone and I don't, I don't even think I'm allowed to say yet, but I helped someone build on another chain. It's not Ethereum; it's another chain, but I helped someone, they contacted me, and said, hey, will you help us build out the the UI UX of a, um, a NFT platform? Mm-hmm. And so kind of like OpenSea or whatever. And so I said, yeah, sure, sure, that's great. And so a month, as I'm working with these people for a month, they're just like filling me in on all this stuff. And so this was January of this year. And I'm like, really? Like, this is fascinating. This is And so like that happened in January, by the end of February, 
we were like, we had hit the ground running with our own project. <laughs> and the reason is, is because I, I saw, so for me, being in marketing and visual design, I saw immediately that this is the future. Like this is the future of marketing. This is the future of, of where things are going. And I knew, I was like, and this is amazing. And the thing that was exciting about it is that my wife is six minutes. Yes. <laughs> um, the thing that was exciting about it is being someone who's, who's creative, who admires quality and um, barely missed the dot-com era when and you have people like Steve Jobs that I admire or stuff like that. I think, man, wouldn't it be awesome to like get in early on something like that? Not even thinking about how hard it's going to be, but just like, yeah, wouldn't it be awesome to get in, you know? <laughs> And so when I found out, I thought, oh my gosh, this is, this is opportunity going to be early, have the skills. I'm old enough to like recognize it and appreciate it and like work in it. And so I started, I started our project. I started working on our project and gathering a team while at the same time, just watching and learning, getting into communities, you know, discord was, wasn't unfamiliar for me because I come from the gaming community. And so like I knew Discord as a gaming gaming community platform, but then I thought, oh, Web3 uses this? Like, oh yeah, I know Discord is great. You know, so jump right in that. That's easy. Twitter I hadn't used in years because I was on Instagram, because that's what you do when you're a designer. <laughs> <You use Instagram. laughs> and so like, so I hopped back into Twitter and cleaned all my Twitter stuff up and and like and like kind of went started getting into the different communities and different things like that. And so all the while watching, learning, seeing, seeing how projects do things, listening to people, things like that. And as I'm taking on information, we're forming our project based around, because I'm a problem solver. So I'm not, you know, I'm not a puff project guy. I'm not coming in just to make money. Like who cares? I can go make money doing what I do. You know, it's like, I'm not trying to come in and get rich. Like I want to come in and like, bring value into the community that's what drives me like money's never driven me and i'm very blessed to be able to say that like i grew up really poor and still being at this place money's never like been a driver and so like it helps because if money's not your driver then money can't break you either and so like it helps when you're like when you're creative and things like that you're, when you're you know making money is good taking care of your family is good but when it's not your number one goal it's also is not the thing that trips you up and so I don't want to come in just to get rich, even though like some of the numbers you're like, holy crap, like we do this, like we like, that's pretty amazing if it works. But at the same time, it's like, all right, I want to come in and I want to solve problems and I want to better the community and I want to establish something that brings long-term value to this, to this coming market. And so that's what we started doing. And, and and I would, you know, I'll answer questions as you, if you as as deep as you want to go into the project. But that's what got me into it, seeing basically seeing the future of it and the friends that I've made over the years. I can't speak highly enough. The friends that I have in their field, top tier, like best of the best. But they're also done, have done things through networking. Nobody knows who they are, but they're literally the best. Uh, so, in twenty sixteen, I think it was. Um, 2016, I think it was, we went to Chicago and I love Chicago, by the way, went to <laughs> Chicago and 
uh, it's true. It's one of my one of my favorite cities to visit. Uh, yeah, but also, it's okay if you didn't. Just because I'm here, it doesn't matter. <laughs> if you don't, if you don't, it's okay. But I'm just saying, I, I do. I love it. Um, but we went to Chicago for the brand new conference. Now, this was this is one of like the premier conferences for the design world. And we went there, and I'm sitting in that conference. And this is the moment I realized, okay. I'm on level playing ground with everyone here, everyone on stage, everyone I'm talking to, like things like that. And that was really revelatory for me, realizing that I'm not just some whatever who who's not good, like everything. And it, it was it was really a confident booster. But what it did for me was open my eyes to realize we can hang like we can hang in this industry. And so since then, so fast forward to this, all anybody that I've known as well as myself, all we've done is grow and get better. And so when I'm thinking I want to do a project, I'm thinking who are awesome people to work with, who are not drama, who are the best at what they do. And so I was just blessed to have those type of people around me. And so I just started pitching them this idea. like, Hey, here, here's a possibility. Would you like to get involved? You know? And so that's kind of, that's kind of how it all started. So, and, Part of it is the Web 2 to Web 3 sort of brand, that bridge. Could you explain that a little bit and sort of what your your vision is for yes. it? Yes. So, again, bringing real value into the space, one of the things that I heard the whole community whining about was utility. Yeah, sure, this NFT like costs whatever, but what do I get, right? That's everybody's, the intrinsic value, right? And nothing like, you know... The thing that I find funny, things don't really work that way in the real world. Like you don't go buy a new pair of shoes and go, well, yeah, but what do I get when I buy this new pair of shoes other than your feet being protected and it looking, you know, you you looking pretty fly. You know, it's like, you know, that's not how anything works. But in the Web3, like like that's this is like this running thing. And it's yeah. like, mm, OK, like it doesn't really work that way. But I hear what you're saying. So how do we solve this? And the thing that i saw was that what if we just again this is my this is kind of my knack what if we took people who were phenomenal at what they did and just brought them into this space and called it utility right (laughs) it's like attached it to the token and let's just start knocking on doors so we got a ton of those right we got like you know and you know how it goes if you're not famous or you're not rich or whatever people are like who are you get out of my way you know and so but, you know, what does it hurt? You know, a no, that's it, whatever, you know, shoot your shot. So we knocked on a lot of doors, asked a lot of businesses, things like that. And, um, but the, the, the thing that I wanted to do was be like, all right, well, let's, let's just bring this business in call it utility and solve, answer everybody's problems, right. Or solve everybody, like, at least this one problem of like, why does my NFT not have intrinsic value? And it's like, well, that's easy. And so, on the branding side, as we started kicking around this idea, I thought, well, let's just be that as a brand. Let's build three layers to this project. And the brand thing, which is like the world I live in, I'm really good at like building brands, stuff like that. The brand side of it, let's just be, let's be a bridge for businesses. Anybody who wants to get into Web3, because here's what I saw too. I saw businesses trying to get in and coming in thinking that their clout or their name was going to make for a good project and it just like just get decimated like either and either like 
it didn't do anything or people just flipped it and moved on. Right. And so I thought, well, okay, well, if that's not going to work for Nike, then we got to do something different. You know, like it's not, it's not going to work for those companies and it's gotta be something different. So we, we looked at a lot of different things on how to do that. And like, and so one of the things I saw was making sure that the companies coming in that we did all the heavy lifting, knowing the community coming in, and so, and I just wanted to go to communities and say, just do what you're good at. And that's all you need to worry about. And we'll do, we'll get you into this space kind of thing. And so, and especially with who we are, you know, again, we're, we're like nobody. And so I wanted to, I wanted the risk to be very low, like their risk. I wanted the risk to be low and the reward to be potentially super high. And so it was, it made it easier for companies to say yes when, the, when we started to kind of like pitch it that way. Yeah. So it's funny because we come from such different worlds and mindsets. It's the same thing. Like take everything off of their plate. Like all of our partners, that's the thing. We make it as easy as possible. And it's like soup to nuts. You do your thing. We do our thing. That's it. So it's like we're so on the same wavelength here that it's, it's really fascinating. So what is the actual partnership then look like so far with uh, the yeah. brands you worked with? Yeah. So for our first collection, which we just revealed, I don't know when this will go out, but we revealed yesterday. And so, well, that's a fun story in itself. But um, when I when I pitched it to them, I said, hey, the future of marketing is NFTs. And like, and these two people wanted to get into Web3. They, they're, they're not really Web3 savvy, but they knew about it enough to know, yes, you're right. This is the, this is the future. This is where it's heading. And so we would like to get in early. And so it's like, great, well, let us help you do that. And so what I told them, I said, basically, you know, the pitch was, hey, we want, you're incredible at your product, like who you are. And so it's, it's a, and one of the things I wanted, I wanted, a, I wanted universal products and I wanted them to be able to ship worldwide. And so most everybody loves coffee. And most everybody is um, loves a good like plushy or collectible, something like that. Right. And so with these two partners, the things I just told them, I said, all I want from you is a good discount, like a higher discount than what you give in your emails. And um, then potentially rewards that we can use as claimables. And I let them name the price. You tell me how much you want to give because again, low risk, whatever. And then we'll go from there. And so they agreed to that. And even, and so then the coffee people come back and say, well, let's give you your own roast. You can name it. And then, and so like, and then here's, we want to create packages for the claim bowl. So like they started getting into it. Right. And so it's like, it's very low, you know, like I think the entry point is, for them was like a thousand dollars maybe or whatever, like from some of the stuff they were giving, you know, and, and, you know, and they're the ones who produce the product. So maybe more versus like time and work stuff like that. But let, let's just say the entry point was, was, you know, between, you know, 1500 and $3,000, but then the potential reward is going to be six figures maybe, you know? And so it's easy to go to a company and say, could be nothing, but it could be this, mm -hmm. you know, but, and here's what we like to do, but we're going to take your company and we're going to, you know, to use a web three term, we're going to show you appropriately 
to all of Web3. Every person, you know, like we're going to talk about how good your product is and all this kind of stuff. And so not only is it going to be our project, you know, potentially 3,000 holders, but then it's also going to be apes and birds and and goblins and penguins. And, you know, it's going to be it's going to be the whole zoo. Right. It's going to be everybody. <laughs> and so and so like and they're like, OK, yeah. And we wanted to do that because because people have been kind to me in my life. I love helping people. So it's like if you're hardworking and this is what you're doing and you're good at your craft, it's like, well, of course. And the same way I told you about Chase Lawrence and his wife and their art artistry, it's like. I don't have to tell you about them, but they're so good at what they do. You got to know about them. it's a, they're amazing, you know? And so in the same way, we wanted people who had really good products and wanted to get in the space so that it was easy for us to get behind their products and say, you love coffee. These guys are some of the best. Like if you like order a bag, trust me, like you'll believe me after you taste it. And, and so it's like really easy. Nice. And so those are the kind of the partners that we're looking for. Yeah. And now are you shooting to hit certain metrics with these relationships? Are they expecting anything or is it mostly, because you mentioned it's low, uh, low risk on their part. So sort of yeah. how are you looking at that? No, like for me, my, my goal personally, now this wasn't like a, in the agreement type of thing. My goal personally is to bring them enough business from the community that they remember what it's like to deal with us and how good it was right so all of this so the thing about this project is a proof of concept and so that's the third layer of this of this um of this whole project is a proof of concept I, we wanted to test two things one is the community really ready for what they're whining for and two um can we accomplish what we what we know the market is going to become but can we get in early and do it now and so uh, those are that and that was the risk that's the test that's the that's the let's get in and get our hands dirty and see if we can kind of prove that that this can happen and so that's where we are right now we you know we just minted and we're just launched and so we're we're like literally in the phase of starting to tell people about the partners and getting into the um excuse me the the space where the community is like all right i've heard you for six to eight months talk about you want utilities we want utilities where's our utilities and i've heard countless more hours than i probably should have spent time in spaces listening to people complain about apes and complain about moonbirds and all this kind of stuff and it's like okay here's this thing do you want it and so we're kind of, that's where we are right now with the, the proof of concept. Nice. And what would you say are the next steps or maybe what are the, what are the hurdles that you see in front of you from where you're at at this moment? Yes. The biggest hurdle that I see right now, now for me, it's not hard. I think for everyone looking in at us, it's hard for them to comprehend, but I'm, I'm someone who I'm going to do it right or I'm not going to do it at all. And so What's hard for people on the outside looking into grasp because we haven't minted out yet. And like, if you don't mint out in 30 minutes, people freak. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, it's like, calm down, like chill out, you know? And so like, because everyone's so used to this, like uh, flip, mint out, flip and move on. When you introduce a, a project a, a, into the space and James is actually, I, I learned a lot from him because they're kind of going through the same thing. 
when you introduce a project that's real value, long lasting, and and has like a long term goal, the space right now doesn't really know what to do with it because they're very short sighted and and they're you know they're it's very goldfish mentality. It is it is one thing and then the next thing and then this thing and the next thing and so and so the difficult thing for people to realize is that and this is kind of taboo but this is how things are going but we didn't buy bot followers on twitter we didn't buy bot followers on discord we didn't do the whole like you know buy the robot or the bot promoters and things like that to make it look like we were huge and we had this whatever and people just couldn't like what why are we you know why are you not doing that you know and so like that's been one of the biggest hurdles is to come in and do it legit and do it right. But here's the reason why our proof of concept, we need real people behind the usernames that are going to enjoy the real utilities that we're bringing in. It doesn't do, it doesn't do our proof of concept. Like we fail our proof of concept. If we mint out with a bunch of like, we use bots, we mint out, people flip it and they move on and there's nobody left to use the product that, to and to bring benefit to the businesses that we're trying to bring in so therefore we can't say that we're a bridge for web 2 web 3 if we're still only concerned with what everyone else is concerned with right now because it doesn't work that way and so that's been the biggest hurdle i would say right now is is getting people's minds to shift towards where the long-term goal and i would say truthfully being at this place in the project we're probably about two years too early mm. So thinking of it that way, does that change your approach at all? It's tempting to, <laughs> for the sake of being able to say, you know, here you go, partner, here's a lump sum of ETH that we knew we could get, but good luck. You know, it's tempting to do that. But at the end of the day, like I said before, money's money's not everything. It's not the be all end all. The be all end all would be for these companies to be known as the coffee and plushie brand in the web three world. And so anytime an event happened or someone wanted coffee or someone wanted to partner with a coffee thing or a podcast wanted a sponsor or something like that, guess who they call? They call methodical. Mm -hmm. And so like that, and, but that's a long-term goal. And that's, and, and my favorite part about my work and what I like to do, I love the prove it stage. I love being, being able to say, this is what we can do. Let me show you. Let's prove it to you, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, again, that's why we kind of added that layer of proof of concept to our, our business is like, listen, we got to prove this because, you know, people don't care until they do. And so, but at eventually, and here's the funny thing, this makes me laugh. And this is what gives me a lot of hope outside of my team being astronomically phenomenal is um, anytime I talk to somebody about it, they're on board. They love it. They're about it, you know? Uh -huh. <laughs> so it's like. I know because it's amazing, but we just got to get in front of people the traditional way, which is not what people are used to very quick. You know, they want to go to your account, see that you have a hundred thousand followers and they think, oh, you're somebody. But the reality is, is those are by and large, those aren't real people behind those accounts. And so like if we were a PFP project like anybody else, that would be fine. Th those things would be fine, but we need real people in like, Here's the thing that's astonishing that I've that I'm watching this week is in Ethereum on the Ethereum blockchain. There's only 160,000 active wallets. 
And so, and those aren't 160,000 unique people. Yeah. Those are just active wallets. And so like, you know, if everyone had three or four wallets like I do, which some people have more, I would, I would assume there's probably maybe a hundred thousand unique active people, maybe 120 on the high end active people like in the space, maybe less, I don't know. And so I don't know what four divided by 160 is, what it 400? Like that can't be right. That's too low. Right. <laughs> and so no, or 4,000, 4,000, 400. Wait, 4, we're 000. at 160. So 40. Yeah. Four, four divided by 160,000. Or what? Either way. Yeah. It's not that many people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Matt, not our strong <laughs> Edit this out. Uh, so, and so that, that's fascinating to me because that means all these accounts who have 170 plus thousand followers, mm-hmm. like I'm starting to watch them and go, okay, hmm, this is interesting. Yeah. And stuff Where like are all that. these people? But the other thing too, you know, like, and you know this to be true, you pop into a discord or you get into a community and 50 to max a hundred people are, are talking mm-hmm. and they're the ones holding the community together. Now the other people are there, holders are there and you'll see like fringe people like pop in every now and then like a space or something like that. But by and large majority of the active people, it's, it's the 80, 20 concept, right? the 20% are sustaining the 80 or sustaining most of it. And so, um, and so we're, we're, we're kind of not intentionally, but unintentionally exposing that with our project because people are kind of, it, it unnerves people. They're like, this project's so amazing. Like, why don't people know about it? Like, why don't you have more followers? Why don't you? And it's like, do you really want to know? Or do you, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of, that's kind of where we are. Yeah. So I guess, are there any, uh, maybe uh, flag posts you're trying to hit in the near to uh, mid future? Yeah, right yeah, now? yeah. Yes. So we are right now. So we just revealed the actual. So we told a story with our mint. So we did. We did. We took two weeks and told and told the story, a snapshot story about how the clubby bears arrived on Earth. And so then yesterday was like the grand reveal. Everybody got to see their clubby bear and everybody's geeking out. It was a fun day. And so since we've hit this mark um, for the next few months, uh, we our goal is to get more exposure, get in front of more people. Um, and then like it, it would be nice for the sake of the metric of the community. Now, not not for what we want. We can do what we we're going to do no matter what. But for the metric of the community, it would be nice to mint out because that means something to the community even though we're like, it's, it is what it is with us, but it's like to the community, it means something. So it'd be nice to get that metric down and, and have that established. And then after, and during that time, we're just going to kind of let things breathe and we're going to push our partners in spaces behind closed doors. Like, you know, there's events coming up and there's people need sponsors and things like that. And so we're going to start having a lot of conversations with, people saying, Hey, you know, like the morning shows, Hey, do you need a coffee sponsor? Like we know somebody. And, and then, and also the coffee people, they want to get into events. Well, there's a lot of web three events coming up this year, but next year, definitely. So and next year's when people are planning and things like that. So it's like, Hey, do you need coffee at your event? And, you know, to custom plushies, I was talking to someone and they were like, yeah, I would love a custom plushie of my, whatever. It's like, here's your people like go for it, mm-hmm. you know? And so 
that's that's our next phase and then on top of that we're building out more of the universe of the the clubby bears themselves and thinking about so the way that we built it whenever what other new partners come in we can either build collections around them traits around them like we were we built a very nimble brand and um like character that we can kind of do anything so like this is a little bit alpha and so if we do this I'll, you know, this will be on your podcast first, but um, one of the things that we can do, like, let's say we got a, a food like company and clubby bears are from a different universe, different planet. They've been on earth for a while and they're enjoying the food with their celestial honey, but let's say the food like changed their body. So we can, we can make another collection taller, wider, whatever, have superpowers, what things like that and attach it to a partner that says your utility is going to be a discount or a free product or both or whatever with this. And it's like, yo, I got the Doritos, you know, clubbies, you know, things like that. Uh And so like we can do stuff like we can do anything with our brand like that. And so we'll start, we'll probably work behind the scenes as we're engaging the community probably for a month to the next two months, probably the end of the year. And, and because we we're still, Every day I potentially make a new relationship or a new connection, right? Web3 is crazy. And so, um, and I know those open doors, as everything else has come along, those open doors will will give us, you know, lead lead into other things and potential things that that we can build and do. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, and hopefully this helps at least connect with a few more people, getting eyes on the project and everything in you and like your story and everything uh all together. So where should we send people to follow along and check out everything you're up to? Yes. Um, uh, at Clubby Bear, I-E-C-L-U-B-B-I-E. and misspelled it intentionally. <laughs> um, Clubby Bear uh, on Twitter. And we have clubbybear.com. And then as, you know, as we're talking right now, there's still plenty to mint. And so um, it's mint.clubbybear.com. And so as far as the project goes, that would be where I'd send people and, and things like that. Perfect. And yeah, do you want people to follow along at Norm the Unicorn as well? Sure, if they want to. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I just changed it to at the Unicorn Norm because. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, Norm the Unicorn is taken. Uh, gotcha. Breaks my heart. <laughs> Where did Norm come from? That okay, name? so <laughs> I love the story. Um, so in the gaming world, I had a um, my gamer tag at the time and this was before i felt comfortable with like people knowing who i was mm-hmm. and and but this was before i went on my own and my face became my brand for my company you know <laughs> <laughs> and so before that i was like i don't know if i want people knowing who i am and my current gamer tag was like way too close to my like real name and so i thought okay um let's change it and so the we i'm a coffee snob my wife and i love like mugs so like you know, different types of mugs. Anytime we went somewhere, we bought a mug and things like that. And so we were walking around downtown at a place we were at and we went into this um, pottery shop. It was like hand spun, handmade, all this kind of stuff. And we love art and things like that. We were in there and in, in the shop was a unicorn mug. So like the base of the mug is the body, the head, like it had a head and then the handle was the tail and so it was just like this awesome thing. And so I named it Norm, Norm the Unicorn. And people loved it. And it's one of my favorite mugs, things like that. So when I was thinking about 
what, you know, what can I change my gamer tag to? I was like, I'll just name it Norm the Unicorn. And it just took off. People just loved it. It's like one of those accidental things you do. You're like, oh, well, thanks. You know, it's like people <laughs> are like, oh, Norm, I love that Norm the Unicorn, <laughs> you know. And so then, you know, fast forward, you know, five years, it's like, it's just stuck. It's just it, you know. So. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, it's very brandable. It feels like a brand yes. in itself. It's your um, your mascot of sorts. Yes. But because of that, I also named my company Unicorn Creative. Uh-huh. And so, and that has a bunch of different connotations. You know, like Unicorn is like what um, Silicon Valley uses, billion dollar startups, different things like that. So like a little bit of subliminal things there, but like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's part of it. Yeah, definitely. I like it. Yeah, thanks so much for all your time. And and diving into the um the personality types and that journey as well, I think is hugely valuable. And that's something that I really get to touch on on the show. And I think that is yeah, I think I think people will really connect with that part of your story, especially. Uh-huh. And like I'm really glad to to be able to share it because that is that's a journey that is worth pursuing for yourself and for everyone around you. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Super yeah, valuable. because you know you're 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 the common denominator. You know you live with yourself forever, and mm-hmm. so I think it's important to um, to I, I encourage people all the time. Your biggest investment is is the health of your of your head, heart, and mind, and um, and so like that is that is very very important to um, to have and carry, and and truthfully, it makes life so much better. Because until you start thinking about it, you don't realize that like when you get triggered or when you get upset or you do like you have these reactions and until you stop and think, why am I doing this? You don't think about it. But when you start stopping and think about, or let's say this is usually what happens. You have someone in your life that you care about enough that you let them say, why do you do this? And you go, do what? And they go, why do you, <laughs> when you get mad, you throw a mug every time. And you're like, no, I don't. It's like, yes, go look in the cabinet. We're, we're a lot less, mug- we're, <laughs> our, our mug inventory is de- decreasing. <laughs> and so you're like, oh my gosh, I throw mugs. I didn't even realize I did that. And so it's, it's important to like get to those spaces to, and to be able to confront yourself. And let's be honest, it's really nice to be able to look at yourself in the mirror and the person that's looking back at you go, I like you. I like you. And so, and, and sadly, I don't think there's enough people in the world that can, that can do that. And so I I like just at the end of the day, I like being hope. If I could do it, anybody can do it. It's possible for anybody. If I can do it, you can definitely do it. I want to thank Joel for joining me on this episode to follow along and check out his project and his brand partnerships. You can go to clubbybears.com or uh, clubbybears on Twitter. So yeah, that the beginning of that. Are you yawning? Not cutting the camera over because you're yawning at my outro. You caught me at a weird time, man. <laughs> I'm hungry. Yeah. Um, no, but um, threw me off there. I didn't Sorry. Expect to see you yawning. But I like I like how you're in control of the camera, so you're just like I'm not gonna cut it yet. But no, that was. <laughs> That was great. I loved like that beginning specifically. Like it's a topic that like means a lot to me and you and when like, he said Enneagram type, I was like, Oh, I totally did that and I don't remember. I might be a one. Okay. I have no idea. Well yeah. You would definitely I think you would be a one, but I actually don't remember now. I've done so many of oh, those personalities. <laughs> no, I don't 
just like calling me a one. Come on. No. <laughs> out of a one, you're a one. Yes. <laughs> one no. out of one. But yeah, I'm really glad we got to touch on Ooh, that. One of one. And you're an NFT. There you go. But yeah, I think I think we'll just wrap there. Thank you again for listening. And um, yeah, I guess we will just... <laughs> Don't you laugh. <laughs> I have the power. No, I know. But thanks again for tuning in, subscribing, sharing, liking, doing whatever you do. But thank you so much. And we will see you next time. 